Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Can I take us back to 1983 after I left? And and then you guys just were right in the business of raising up guys. I know the HCMI was a big part of what you did. Mini Church was a big part of training guys. Just take us into that world and what's happened around the world. As I said earlier, I mean, you taught us well. You handed us a model that was very workable and didn't need to be changed. And so, you know, we continued. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got to make a commercial here. This is this is important. Aaron Suzuki, who was an engineer at American Honda, came to Hawaii with me. We started churches together. Uh, just in a phone call about three weeks ago, he goes, well, I, you know, I hope you're not embarrassed by this, or I, I hope it's not a few, but you know, one, one of the things that I love about working with you is, because you've been listening to podcasts, he goes, you're still saying the same things you were 40 years ago. But to me, that's the nicest compliment. So couple that with what Zach just said, if you're listening, and understand that what we have done, the very simple model that we built around the mini church, which now somebody would call a micro church within the church, and how to raise up leaders through that has worked effectively. And we know of 2,400 churches around the world that came out of it. And so we're not kidding. We actually know how to do this. When Zach says that we had a model that worked and he just moved in and worked it, it worked. It continued to work from Hermosa after I was there. It worked again in Hawaii. It's worked wherever we have transplanted it. And so I do a lot of things and I do them for free. And what I found out is that people like to buy things and spend money on things that are complicated and they cost money. And they have a, a way of just turning their nose up at those things that are free and, and quite simple. And this is a very simple thing. And it's always free or nearly free. And basically, if you listen to this, pay attention and pay attention to what Zach's about to say. So go for it. Well, that was the era of church growth seminars. All these people, the gurus, you know, and I went to maybe a dozen of those seminars over the next several years. And I always came away thinking, you know, we have a handle on something here and no one else is really talking about this. I know you had, you had done some seminars and, you know, you had talked about it and encouraged people, but no one else was really doing this. And so we just did. We just kept doing it. We kept planting mini churches. I had a personal goal that we would have a minimum of 100 mini churches. I remember when you were still there and we would have our mini church shepherd meetings Sunday afternoons and that little tiny room, which was the old print shop, was packed with guys and the enthusiasm and excitement that was going on. So we just realized, you know what? Mini church is a training ground. HCMI can really be helpful to equip guys. I was the beneficiary of that myself. And so I knew the quality of education we could get. And again, you just give guys trailheads and you encourage them. You find out who really does have a vision and who has a heart and a passion. You learn that simply by coaching them and meeting with them as uh, mini church leaders or shepherds or pastors, however you want to call them. A lot of those guys did rise up. And, you know, I just remember you, you were never embarrassed about saying, hey, you know, you ought to pastor a church. 
<laughs> so I took my cue from you and I would just go to these guys and I'd say, you know what, you, you ought to pastor a church. And so we did. We sent a lot of guys out. And interestingly, and we only said that to guys who we had already seen pastoring within the body. Right. They're already affected. You a couple of times have said the word trailhead. To me, all education, how formal or informal discipleship or seminary is merely a trailhead for self-educated people. It's, right. it's what you were, hungry reader. You went to seminary. They showed you which books to start with. And that's yeah. all we can ever do. I had the... Uh interesting privilege to become a divisional superintendent with uh, uh, Jim Toll. And I love Jim, incredible guy, really well together. So he gave me permission to uh, rehab. So I pillaged my staff and I planted half a dozen guys in these churches that were defunct. And Jim said, go for it. And so all those churches are flourishing today. And then we planted churches outside of those areas. We sent guys to Texas. We sent people to New Hampshire, you remember Dale? Yeah. Went to New Hampshire. We raised up people, uh, Hope for Israel, a young disaffected Israeli by the name of Moran Rosenblatt walked into our church. And I'm teaching in the book of Hebrews. I'm talking about Israel from the Old Testament, just how God just spanked them. And he came up to me after the service and he just wanted to give me what for. And I said, go read your own scripture. Go read your, go read the history of Israel. You come back and talk to me after you've read it. And he did, and he came back. He'd made some kind of conversion statement to the Lord, but he was just real wobbly. And so we began to work with him, and we sent him off to Israel. He's got a flourishing ministry in Israel, working amongst the Israelis and the Palestinians. And by the way, this is how Hope Chapel works. I have never heard before in my life. Really? There is so much that goes on that, that, and this is kind of how real movements are. The networks, you can control everything, and everybody has all the data and all that. But movements, things just get out of hand, and it's wonderful. Go on. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. And we had one, one fellow, John Schober, who was a mini church shepherd, and he wanted to be a missionary. So we sent him to South Africa. He worked with the Four Square in South Africa, eventually planted a mission church there in Johannesburg. He's back here now. He's, he's been there for years and years. And so we supported him. Just Again, the first I heard of that was when I met him. I had a pastor seminar I did in Johannesburg. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Okay. And, you know, we tried to keep in touch with all these people. Ching, you remember, we'd supported him in China for a long time and worked with him. And, and because of our work there and another family in our church, there were three churches in China, small house church, that are under terrific persecution right now. We've got a home for orphans in Nicaragua. We've been supporting for eight years. We regularly send teams there. We've got a mission in East Watini, Swaziland, and that's been going on for the past few years. Built a church there, got a pastor installed there, got some water to those folks. They're now starting to plant food. It just goes on and on. People come and they'll say, you know, I may have a vision for something. I say, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. I want to hear their vision. I want to get their background. I tend to be kind of conservative in my approach to things, so I want to make as sure as I can that this is something that we want to invest in. But we do, you know, you said years ago, we give away our very best. We give away our very best. You were obviously one of the first examples. It's just an exciting thing. But mini church is key. Train up people, 
watch them, see the fruit. We try to get them to multiply their mini churches if they can do that. And if they're open to doing something more, uh, I think this whole idea of micro churches is very, very important. Thinking about working on and praying about a strategy. People walk their neighborhoods, walk their blocks, introduce themselves to their neighbors, simply invite them. Hey, do you have something, something in your life I can be praying about? Just say, unabashed them, I'm a Christian. We're praying for our neighbors. Is there anything I can pray about? And I always tell them, I said, take a tablet so you can write their name down, the prayer request and the date. It gives you an opportunity to follow up with them and check back and build. It's all relational. You build a relationship. Don't go for the throat right away. Build relationship. Take your time. Let these people develop a trust in you and then invite them over for Bible study. And it doesn't have to be, you have to lead the Bible. We're going to read this book in the Bible and everybody gets to talk about it and what they think it says and what it means and how would you apply this in your life. So it's very low key, very casual, to use the modern term organic. <laughs> if you, That's something that I'm really uh, experimenting with. I've done it with a few, a few guys who are going to plant churches. Uh, I told them, I said, walk the neighborhood. Introduce yourself to people, take a, take a clipboard, ask for prayer requests, go back and visit them. That's where the challenge is. The challenge is helping getting them to get out of their comfort zone. Because everybody's used to church as we have done it for some years. So a new paradigm, it's going to take some, some additional exposure and teaching and talking, catching a vision. Because I do think it's a very, very workable model, especially here in the South Bay, where these local cities are really, really reluctant to have any more property go off their tax rolls, notwithstanding the cost. I mean, the cost of property and then the, the chance that governments are going to start taxing church property and pastors' income, there's a lot that's going to change the future for us. I'm yeah. trying to figure out the number of years I got left. I mean, you, as we're talking here, you and I are both, uh, what, 74 years old? and 75. 75. Well, you're a little bit older than me, but... You know, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to, to fomenting a microchurch. Yeah. And there's all these pockets. I, I was looking at the Greek word ethne. When Jesus says to go to the ethne, take disciple the ethne. When he says disciple the nations, yeah. uh, that's how that translates in our Bibles. But what it really is, is the people groups. And so I look in the South Bay and there's surfers and skaters and bikers and women that are into toll painting. And all of these are identity groups. People in America are building their identity around what could be seen as a hobby or, you know, even the way they dress and whatever. Right. Well, we're not, they're not all showing up in our churches, no matter how great of preachers we are or whatever. So I think that helping big churches turn into a platform as a, to be a microchurch network is where the future is, is, is going. That's where I'm going with my future. I'm so happy. To, you know, I didn't, I, anybody listening to this, I did not tell Zach to say those things. He's come to these same conclusions as I have. And I'm thrilled to hear that. I mean, just, it, it encourages me so much. You talk to you know, it's, it's all about small groups. It's all about people getting together. I think that our location in our facility and how God has provided for us. I think we stay there. I think we do rehab the building, make it much more presentable. It's a tired, tired building right now. I think we use it as a central celebration. So as we continue to small, do small groups and start small groups and neighborhoods and such, that, that people can come back to the kind of the mothership, if you will, and have a celebration once a month or once a week. Or, you know, I still have to think all that stuff through. But I think there's something to meeting during the week in a small group with people you know and trust 
as Christians, and especially given our time right now, that there's a tremendous threat. And I've told the church for years, and I'm going to reiterate again this weekend, that you need to be part of a mini church. You need to be part of a family, people you know and trust. Because if you're all alone and a Christian, you're not going to survive out if the crunch comes against the church, as it surely may. Look at the rest of the world. So I think right now, encouraging people to be part of a small group is critical. But while we still can, to gather people back for a huge celebration on a regular basis, to see what God is doing in the community. Otherwise, if you don't have visibility of all these things, you've got to kind of keep the fire going in this, I think. You know, I've been talking to a lot of different people doing this. Uh, there's a, a guy named Jason Shepard in Houston that's doing something called Church Project, and, and they're a big church, Hopermosa. They see them as individual semi-autonomous churches. So the guy's a pastor in the church. And then they get together on the weekend as, as a celebration of the life of the churches. I talked to another group that actually comes comes out of Hope Hermosa. Bob and Mavis Green were in our church way, way back in the day. Mavis was the first secretary. Their son, Parker, has worked on staff in Hillsong, in the big Hillsong in Sydney. And then his brother-in-law was a youth pastor there. He was a junior high pastor. The brother-in-law is, again, Paul Andrew in New York City. They're pastoring a a multi-location, multi-site, large church. Parker Green was on staff there and then moved back to Huntington Beach. And they are doing a string of serially planting microchurches. And they're coming together on a once a month basis, just exactly like you described. But their goal actually is to move it to once every three months, which is kind of, I need to think that one through. But the point is, my friend Todd Wilson from Exponential, he's actually my boss at Exponential, asked me, because I'd written a book on how to do microchurch or about the need to do He asked me, and we were in a webinar someplace, and he goes, Ralph, do you actually believe that you can start a a network of microchurches without having a, a church at the hub? And so I'm coaching a guy right now, Paul Jones, in Detroit. And what we've realized is he's got to build something substantial and do a hub and spoke thing with the microchurch thing. That's what we believe at this point. And so exactly comes back to what you're saying. Of course, you have the ability to really scale it up. A guy starting fresh is going to need to start that one church and then a year from now have three, three microchurches or something like that. But lessons to be learned. Wow, I'm so, so thankful for this conversation. I'm very, very excited that we we're doing this. Yeah, I think, I mean, you have to believe in a God that, of infinite possibility. And where there's a roadblock, there's a way around through it, over it. I think we all understand that. He's still working. He's not sleeping. He's not giving up. He's not throwing his hands up, saying, oh, it's too hard. But I think that one of the biggest challenges is to, one, identify those people that God has called. Interestingly, I'm, I'm starting a series on uh, spiritual gifts this and I'm going to use that as a platform to bounce off of and talk about these kinds of things. Cast a little bit of vision casually, as you've taught me to do. <laughs> you know, just seed people's thinking and see what comes out of that. But to find people who, and I really believe God has really called and gifted people. I'm an, I'm an example. I had no idea. I didn't know anything. I didn't even want to do it. But here I am 40 years later. But I know there are other people out there. It was just like when I was in Amway. I saw the vision. I knew it was possible. I met people who did it. It wasn't that difficult. It just required persistence. Mm-hmm. Sell a product, sponsor some people. Same thing in Christianity. You know, preach the gospel, make disciples. Principles the same, but you're talking about spiritual reality. I know there are people out there just like me. I know they're there. I just 
have to get better at identifying them and working with them and encouraging. I'm looking for the very important people, not the very nice people. Yeah. And so many times we settle for the very nice people because they're nice and we like to be around. They make us feel good and they love us and we love them. But they're not necessarily going to be uh, instrumental in doing the kinds of things. It's guys, guys who just know how to get things done, you know. And I've got some guys that, man, these guys are movers and shakers. Shaking them out of their, out of their job situation, their income brackets, nice big comfortable houses, and their wives like it <laughs> to get. Well, that, that's why the microchurch thing is starting to show power because you, you can challenge them. Go meet with the guys at your racquetball club and start something. Uh, I got a friend that just actually left staff with Rick Warren at Saddleback and started in a mixed martial arts studio. And now they're meeting in a coffee shop and they meet like, I think once a month for a big celebration, but they're, they organize as a bunch of micro churches. And I, while I was there, I, I met this lawyer, you know, he's obviously got the big house and the nice Porsche and the whole deal and he's keeping it all, but he's starting a micro church for lawyers. And then we were surrounded by young surfers and mixed martial arts guys. It's a, it's a crazy, wonderful new world. Out. Yeah, there's still, there's still lots and lots of opportunity. It's just a matter of praying and saying, Lord, what would you have me do? And being, just being available. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time and, and for this. I, I'm really very, very excited that we did this. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.